Welcome back to Garbage Pitch Film, the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common, and you don't need to enjoy just one or the other. So we will take our movie of the week and pair it with something artier or trashier, and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least, are entertained. I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me, as always, is the son lover to my son of a son. Oh no, I screwed it up. Son avoider. I said avoid and hater at the same time. <laughs> Those are the same. Yeah. Evader. Aaron is here. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Nick. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Avoiding the sun. Staying inside. This is very funny because I feel like of the two of us, I am the one the sun harms more. Yes, but you also crave it. I like to be warm yeah, is whereas, my problem. I literally have a game of walking around outside during the summer that is like walk in the shadow, like crossing streets, zigging and zagging, taking yeah. the not an efficient route somewhere because I just want to be in the shade. <laughs> Yep. Yep. So we'll play a game later on to see what member of the cast we (laughs) sync up with better. But I'm getting ahead of myself. This is our final episode of Sunscreen. So appropriate. Yes. Guess who didn't think about that until right now? Guess who's very aware of it to the point of it's written down in my little notes here. (laughs) Is it you? Uh, Yes, it is. Uh, Speaking of which, what says summer more than the sun? Can you tell that was (laughs) pre-written? That was the best you could do? (laughs) You had your polite, I don't want to, I don't know which way this is intended to face on. Nothing, Nick. (laughs) Nothing says summer more than the sun. You're right, Aaron. And furthermore, (laughs) you can consider our water supply tainted because here comes a boil warning. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We're talking about... Danny Boyle's 2007 Sunshine. We gotta cut away. Ernst looks behind me. Our sun is dying. Mankind faces extinction. 16 months ago, I, Robert Kappa, and a crew of seven left Earth frozen in a solar winter. Our mission reignite the sun before it's too late. Welcome to Icarus 2. Do you think that's what he, how he like joins the party? Boyle warning! <laughs> if not Danny Boyle, that's a freebie to make you very popular at parties, more so than you probably already are. Yeah, you know that I'm, filmmaker. I'm in on it. I'm, I'm there with you right away. Yeah. And yeah, you show up at that party, you yell Boyle warning, Nick's gonna go, there he is! There he is! <laughs> this is a real, like, don't walk into a house party and say the water supply is tainted. <laughs> like, oh yeah, wait a minute. It is a fire. <laughs> what's up everybody take those ice cubes out of your drinks (laughs) or you'll get malaria Uh, yeah it's like that yeah it's like that that's (laughs) so in other words sunshine from 2007 raining uh, it back in raining it all the way back in Uh, maybe the only danny boyle movie i've seen it is the only danny boyle movie i've seen yes yes really a real big blind spot but this is a classic case of like, hey, everybody's right. This guy's movies are fun and great. Cool. This was, I think we got a shout out Popcorn Bucket for bringing sunshine to your yes, attention. very specifically. So they were doing a, you know, one or the other, like, vote on them mm-hmm. episode. And it was very much, uh, they made it sound very cool because uh, the sunshine was picked mm-hmm. as the, like, this is my entry for, I think it was Ben had had suggested it. Um, sorry, fellows, if that's not correct, but it was intriguing enough, the episode and the way that it was being talked about that I was like, damn, I will pause this 
and then and go watch Sunshine. The thing that always gets brought up on podcasts, and I don't think anybody actually does pa- does pause the podcast to go and do a thing. Yes, but you, it happened <laughs> I do. to you. Yeah, it happened to me, <laughs> and I know that that uh, goofs up people's like metrics where they're like why did they tap out and it's because i thought your episode was really good and i wanted to uh go listen to the movie anyway so that's how i ended up watching that and was like damn that was a good movie yeah and this is back and unpaused and we'll get it. way into it but this is right up your alley mm-hmm. i know this is a hyper specific kind of subgenre stuff that we're dealing with but uh, yes but entirely catered to me <laughs> uh let's say you don't know what sunshine is uh let me tell you a little bit here it's 50 years into the future the sun is dying and earth is threatened by arctic temperatures a team of astronauts is sent to revive the sun but the mission fails seven years later a new team is sent to finish the mission as mankind's last hope dun, dun, dun. yeah so this is a nice like inverse of climate change thing of like <laughs> it's only gonna get colder question mm-hmm. mark yes it's very it's the the tagline sounds so armageddon e. yeah it sounds like it's not gonna be the film that it is which i think like i think that's why it kind of got lost for a while just like how oh, do you I, market this yeah yeah very difficult to do. <laughs> the, I think the blurb that you get when you pull it up on streaming is just <laughs> "Sunshine is a 2007 supernatural thriller" or like what psychological does it say? psychological sci-fi thriller, thriller movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, great I'm marketing sold. guys. Yeah, <laughs> so I get it. They had an uphill journey, uh, the marketing team for this one, because there's just a lot happening that you wouldn't expect from the setup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of the setup, let's just say, because I think this is a lesser seen movie, generally speaking, but like, it's on your streaming now. Go check it out if you like Alien. This is a very good uh, oh, sure. thing to, to kind of slot in there. Like, that's just the whole vibe of it. Very, like, ensemble psychological tensions, but also sci fi supernatural. Yeah. And, yeah, professionals. <laughs> professionals getting stuff done in space. Yeah. Yes. And, like, there's tension between the crew, but none of the crew is really bad, you know? You're just kind of yeah. like. You're making it work. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So go do what Aaron did. Pause this. Go watch Sunshine and come back. And we'll be here. We'll be waiting. With bated breaths. We missed you. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Breathe. It's been seven years since the previous oh, mission. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> since the previous podcast failed. And I just got to get this out of the way. This feels like a very hacky thing to point out. But why did they name the mission Icarus 1? I mean... Two two knocks. You're naming it Icarus. Read a book. You know that that's not a good thing to call (laughs) your... Wait, did they actually name it one? Yes! Oh, that's so stupid. (laughs) begging for it to fail. Yeah. Um, So have some confidence, you goddamn idiot scientists. Call it good mission success or something. (laughs) We did it. No number. Yeah, mission accomplished. Oh, no, wait, no, too far. Oh, wait, oh, shit. (laughs) Send the banner back. (laughs) We have this banner and we have not been able to use it, so... (laughs) Keep rolling it out. People keep criticizing it. As mentioned, Boyle warning. Danny Boyle is here. He's directing this movie. Uh, he, uh, just a little bit of background, like, he's the 28 Days Later guy and all this. Big... Train spotting too, I think, yeah. yes? Yeah. So, like, he he's kind of jumps all over the place with his movies. He likes to try out a lot of stuff. He's very... Uh, he likes taking risks, which I think is obvious hmm. when you get to the third act of this movie. You're like, oh, this is different. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, but he was in line to direct Alien Resurrection. Oh, shit. Uh, and, okay. like, attached to it and started work on it. And then he was like, he basically came to it with, like, I love Alien so much, and I can't do this movie right with my knowledge base as it is now, so I quit. Bye. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so he 
left, and that was, I think Alien Resurrection was like 2001, 2002, something like that. So, five years later, he's here to be like, no, I actually can do a sci-fi movie now. I, <laughs> I've, I changed my mind. Oh, you'd already made it. Okay, uh, how about Sunshine? <laughs> okay. So, like, Alien was his big guiding light for aesthetics and, and the ensemble and all that. Yeah. Very much, hey, check out the claustrophobicness of this space station. And then we're out in space and look at the big enormity of it all, like, really juxtaposing yes. that much as much as possible. Okay, sure. And, uh... Like I said, he likes to try out a lot of stuff. And I love this quote from him. People asking him, like, so Sunshine didn't, like, it wasn't, like, a mega flop. It, nah. Its budget was only, like, $40 million or something oh, well. super tiny. Yeah. And it, like, almost made back its money. Something like that. Okay. Um, and they're like, would you would you come back to do shoot another sci-fi movie? Quote, I will die before I return to sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> so no? Is that a no from you? You just meant it, was, huh. it had to be so precise and so exact. And you couldn't, like... It's not that he wanted to, like, improvise stuff, but it was, like, you really had to go by the letter of what you're setting out. You couldn't change a lot of stuff, because space is very... So, he's talking about, like, there's not enough creative freedom within the sci-fi? No, I think it's that you're hemmed in by, like, CGI stuff. Like, VFX has to be... so the practical side of it, rather than the creative side of it. The logistical side. Yeah, I can see that. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. Fair enough. I will. I mean, the effects to me look really good. They look fantastic for like, two thousand and seven. Like mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's never a point where I'm like, "Yep, this sure was made in two thousand and seven. You know, like but, we've all. There's know. a lot of movies that came out in the twenty tens that had like I want to say a hundred times the budget of this movie and <laughs> look so much worse. <laughs> like yes incomparably. And it is like this just got pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and they just gave the VFX time. To actually oh, do it right. Oh, okay. Um, and it was mm, all like... I wonder if we could ever recreate that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting. I just think it's so interesting <laughs> that if you don't uh, grind your VFX people into dust, they yeah. can do a good job. Who yeah. Knew? Turns out... Neat. They can really make a person freezing in space and then a blood explosion coming out of their <laughs> icicled body look great. You love to see it. <laughs> I do not personally love to see it, but you do got to respect it. Uh, so this movie, and I loved last when we were watching this, and you were just like, "Oh, that makes sense." When written by Alex Garland comes out, <laughs> I always forget that this was written by Alex Garland. And when we get to the end, I'm like, "Obviously, this was written by Alex Garland." It's the most what Alex Garlandly written thing. <laughs> yes, it is extremely real minutia of sci-fi where it's like Mm. okay but how does being in the future with future technology and future experiences actually affect the human psyche yes that's that to me seems like his vibe very internal internal sci-fi internalized yes which is the kind of sci-fi that i really love where Mm. it's like Okay, I love gadgets, who doesn't? But it's way more interesting to do character studies. The, you know, if this one thing about the world was different, what would humanity have done to absorb that? Yeah, which I always talk about the difference in my mind. There's like old school sci-fi and new school sci-fi. And that's an Mm -hmm. old school sci-fi trope in my mind. It's just like the Twilight Zone-y like... What if one thing different? What if one thing different? But then Garland taking it to like make it about the character as opposed to what if one thing different in old school sci-fi would be like and then society's like this right how would society have developed very very Asimov-y yeah 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 exactly so yeah the the quote from Garland is I wanted to explore the idea of man traveling into deep space and what he discovers there as well as what he finds in his own subconscious which is like vague enough to almost be meaningless nowadays but I feel <laughs> yeah. like at the time was not something a lot of people were doing maybe yeah yeah I can't remember what I was like. 
the Matrix sequels were big then. That's about the only big thing I can think of. Where there's like a philosophical bent. I mean, we yeah. do it on this podcast all the time. You could yeah. drag that out of almost any movie if you wanted to. But very this true. is very much on the surface. It's, yes. It's not it's the subtext. Meant to be picked up upon. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that I know drew me to this movie in the first place is this is the most... They were in a movie together? Oh my god, yes! This is the most, like, damn, that guy? Whoa! Whoa! Her? Shit! (laughs) Every single time a person's face appears on screen, you're like, what the fuck? Can't hear the fucking dialogue because the audience is applauding. I'm the audience. Yeah, me. I'm, I'm the audience. Yes, extremely. Lay it out. Listeners know I love to just, like, dive into exploring the movie through each of the characters, each of the cast, but this is the most movie to do it in my mind. So, (laughs) this is, like, a true ensemble where, like, I feel like Killian Murphy is the star and then everybody else is as important as everybody else, for the most part. I'll fight you on that later. Uh, let's do it. (laughs) Tell tell us who the other people are. Well, let's talk about Killian Murphy first. Let's do. Robert Oppenheimer himself, here to play Robert (laughs) Kappa. Bobby. Definitely the the first name is a coincidence. Don't read into that. (laughs) And also he spends the first uh, minute and a half... My bomb. My bomb. (laughs) Talking about how he has... Yeah, basically dragged all of these people out into space, writing the tale of the bomb that he built. Yeah, like... To save humanity. It's pretty obvious that no one saw this movie and was like, hey, a conflicted physicist with the saddest looking eyes I have ever seen. <laughs> He's so sad in this movie. <laughs> Every movie? <laughs> yeah, I think so. But uh, he went to CERN to, like, study with physicists and watch them, like... Killing Murphy did? Killing or... Murphy did, Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, oh, wow. Boyle is huge about, like... You gotta prep your characters, you ground it and in. you have to ground it in this type mm. of like, yeah. And Murphy's huge into this too. I think that that's pretty obvious. You see his performances; he is researching the fuck out of what he's doing. He's n- yeah, he knows what's going on. Yeah, so he went to CERN. Not be- he came out of it like, yeah, I still don't get physics. Like, <laughs> I don't understand this, but but he went to study physicists <laughs> and how they talk, how they okay. approach things, how they think, how their mannerisms work. And he's saying like he's straight up just copying physicist mannerisms throughout this movie, that's funny. which I think is great. Because he, like, it is this thing of, like, oh, I understand the underlying parts of the universe. That makes me so sad. (laughs) (laughs) I think if we take away anything from, yeah, Oppenheimer in particular, it's, don't ask too many questions. (laughs) Yeah. Stop doing that. Stop it. Humanity. Go to sleep. (laughs) Go to bed, old man. Stop dreaming about waveforms and whatever. (laughs) Uh, But uh, the thing that I love, Murphy has claimed that his involvement in Sunshine converted him from agnosticism to atheism. (laughs) Oh, God. Just sitting there wow. like, you know what? I don't think there's a God. I don't think... Uh, <laughs> I think it is conclusive. I've... There's definitely two routes you can yeah. take to end up an atheist, an avowed atheist at the end of a filming experience. Mm. One is you fucking hated making that movie. <laughs> and one is I genuinely thought philosophically about this topic. That's yeah. very interesting. And I mean, there's a lot of it in this movie that we will... Well, yeah. Dig into. Yeah. Uh, we've got Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne. I always pronounce her name you the same. <laughs> the last week it's been beer wait is that right beer and then i feel like the more you hear it the less you can say it it's burn yep uh and honestly she wasn't i feel like she's just always been in a supporting character land so there's not a lot about her character i think she even gets to do in this she's just the sad pilot (laughs) the pilot who's like i think doesn't want to well the the premise of the mission i guess is the mission is to deliver the payload to the sun yeah 
you're all expendable. Yeah, like, that is the mission. Whatever gets you there is what you should do. But they do have, like, they their intent is to make it back. Yeah, and I guess the, mm. the thing that's interesting about her character, I find, is that she's the least scientist of all of them. Yes. She's just the... So, like, therefore, she doesn't have the same... And, I mean, you could follow this into the unfortunate usual sexist area of, like, the women are the emotion part. Um, but she's the she's the only, like, emotive grounding in the entire movie. She's the only <laughs> one that's, like, processing things emotionally. That's true, actually. Yeah. She's the most emotionally healthy of all of them, for sure. <laughs> which, for sure. Which means that, like, in this awful situation, she's the saddest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she is constantly being like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. So I think, I think of all of them, maybe she's the one that's, like... Maybe we might make it home, and therefore, because that's a possibility for her, is scared that it might not work that way. Yeah, would you say that she's the most level-headed about it because of that, or possibly? Like, I don't know if level-headed is the right word, but like honestly, I, I will give you know we'll we'll see the rest of the cast and like yeah, all these people are acting the fuck out of it, mm -hmm. but no one in this movie does the shit thing of like. The thing that can annoy me a lot about people mm. in space making stupid decisions. Yes, no, no one makes a stupid decision. Single in this. stupid decisions. You can see all of the. Even if you disagree with the decision, you get why someone would make it, mm -hmm. which is like, not even uh, not even from a place of like, oh, they panicked or whatever. Mm. It's always like they are smart fucking people. And the most, yeah, like the most you get is, oh, I didn't think about that variable. Totally. That's that's what comes in, which is exactly how these things go wrong yes uh yeah but like i do like that she between her and killian murphy it's just like ah, oh, yes beautiful irish people looking sadly at the camera <laughs> sad uh everyone in this movie very good looking yes. for sure yeah, yeah we <laughs> i think that's a rule right you just have to if you're gonna be a team of scientists on a mission you have to be you super all hot. have to be hot yes yeah. i don't make the rules <laughs> and i guess like no matter who i say this is just the perfect yeah. segue chris evans is here <laughs> Which, Everyone we say now is going to yeah. be like, yep, super hottie. Very funny that the most famous thing in his like filmography at this point is playing Human Torch in the Fantastic Four oh, movies. Oh, God, is that before this? Yeah. That's funny. That's like right before, I think. <laughs> um, I feel like he. we say this whenever he comes up, but I feel like he got really robbed of being a fantastic bad guy. He The three, there's this, Snowpiercer and Knives Out, where yeah. he's just like the best asshole. Mm -hmm. He is such a bro- dickhead yeah and um, he looks like it like we were styling him at that time to yeah. look like a fucking jag <laughs> you know a 2007 po collar popping yeah. just dickhead but again very smart he's the engineer right yeah he's... i think like i take get the feeling of like computer scientist both yeah. hard and software yeah sure yeah yeah. So it's, you can't even be, you can't write him off as the dumbass douchebag. No, You he's, cannot. He's super smart. Yeah, like, the, here's a, a, a quote from Evans himself. Mace hails from a military family and background, so he's very cut and dry and morally uncomplicated. That's what I think is interesting about his character. Mm, okay. He is the guy on board who is always able to perform under the most pressure-filled situations, which is true, as we see. Oh, 100%, um, yeah. But I like that, like, he does carry himself like a military guy, which when you find out yes. he's, I'm going to say just an engineer, when you find out he's an engineer, it always feels at odds kind of in my brain, but it does fit. Like, military engineers, like, a huge part of the military. So, yep. Uh, they have a lot of machinery. Yeah. Yes. It's unsurprising to hear that. Yeah. So I just think that's interesting, especially considering, like, I mean... He was in the Marvel machine early, mm. doing the work and all that, but, like, 
you don't see him doing a lot of different roles, Evans. You don't see yeah, him, yeah. like, he's either got Captain America or he's an asshole. So it is just like, <laughs> I want to see him do different stuff. Yeah. I want to see what else he can do. Because he's just, he's always great. I love, he's just so charismatic and so, like... Oh, yeah. I, hot take incoming, he <gasps> should have been the captain of this mm, mission. I think he wants to be the captain. second in command, yeah. yeah. I think, but this is interesting, I think he respects the chain of command enough to There's not military be a background. total dick about it. Exactly, yeah. yeah interesting yeah yeah morally uncomplicated i would say he's a, he's like the one good guy in the military is this like he's the one <laughs> maybe good he got kicked out lifetime guy? yeah <laughs> where he's like very focused on the mission and the objective and yeah. and but but not in a way not in a taking glee in it way no where and he people knows are he's being the asshole like i think he does yeah, yeah. i don't think, I think he expects anybody to like him and I think he says it a few times, too. I think he says, like, I'll be the asshole, like, something along sure. those lines. Because yeah. he knows what he presents in, like, every time they hit a crossroads, he's always like, no, the shitty path. And here's the reason why. And everyone's like, ah, he's fucking uh, he's right. right. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Agree. Nice. And uh, next up, we have what I think you safely assume is the reason I was like, yeah, we should watch this movie. Michelle Yeoh is here. <laughs> Yay. Uh, so I got a lot to talk about Michelle Yeoh because she was instrumental to this movie. Getting oh, made. really? Yeoh was Boyle's very first call for casting. Okay. Which is interesting when you consider she didn't really break into... She kind of had a few opportunities to break into Hollywood. None of them like super mega stuck. But okay. they always just, like, she was hot for, like, flash in the pan and then out for a little bit. In Hollywood. Oh, because yeah. cause Crouching Tiger is 2001? Yep. And right, right. before that is uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, the James Bond movie. She was in that? Yeah. I she's the... Uh, most of the Bonds. Nice. She's, like, a military um, operative in the Chinese military that's, like, okay. Bond's opposite number. Oh, so, like, okay. she is a capable, shows him up several times uh, kind of person. Yeah. Um, so Boyle has those two in mind where he calls her up and he's like, hey, I want you to be the captain. Oh, okay. This was going to be my other question. Who did he want her for? He wanted her for because he okay. was like, she just is so authoritative. Yes. And like, you will do anything Michelle Yeoh says to you. Everybody knows this. This is a human experience. We've all, <laughs> we've seen her on screen. Like, oh yeah, if she tells me to do something, I will do it and respect her for telling me to do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll say thank you for telling me to do it. <laughs> she, it is, there's a whole franchise just called Yes, Madam. <laughs> About how everyone has to do what Michelle Yeoh says. Yeah, and if you don't, you get beaten up. Yeah, you get kicked in the face. Highly recommend. Uh, (laughs) Getting kicked in the face by Michelle Yeoh? (laughs) And you'll thank her for it. Me too. Yes. So Yeoh was like, oh, I'm not old enough. Like, I don't, I literally don't have the, like, I wouldn't have the the experience. Yeah, like, she's early 30s at this time or something like that. So she's like, let me choose my role. And she chooses the botanist. Okay. Because she's like, I've been doing these like super tough women for a while. I want to be the person who's maternal for once. Yeah. The nurturer. Yeah. The grower of the greens. But the reason that she is instrumental in how this movie turns out, originally this movie was going to be exclusively Americans with a token Russian or two. (laughs) And Michelle Yeoh. Classic. Um, (laughs) Yo stepped in and like, she was like, oh, he wants me for this. I can actually speak my mind. Quote, I said to him, why do you think it's the still the Russians and Americans going into space? Wouldn't you have more Japanese and Chinese involvement and it would be a more united group going to save the Earth? It's not like a mission of Mars on your own. It would be a more collaborative effort. I think it takes a director of great confidence in who they are and their vision that he changed it. Very nice. Yeah. She's right. She is right. 100% right. <laughs> like it was going to be exclusively white people and her. That's so silly. that is such a like when we think about space like the all the media and everything mm. is so 
was so formed around the Cold War and Sputnik yeah. and stuff, and it's just very, like, everything space-related to consume on mass is, is flavored by that. And it yeah. is just, like, there can be other ways. Well, when you think about, like, all the... Um... I haven't seen any of the other movies, but all the Space Odyssey books, at least, mm. are basically about a space race between China and America in some ways. Mm, sure. um, so, like, Clark was calling it back in the day. <laughs> and, like, it's going to, if anything, it's going to be, like, China and India, right? Like, it's... Yeah. We yeah. are already so far past the, like, Russia and America are the yeah. the powerhouses in that respect. Good for her. Yeah. And good for Boyle. Yeah, like, he listened, and I think the movie is so much better for it. Like... Having all of these, so the next person up in my cast list is, is Cliff Curtis, who wouldn't have had yes. a stones throw chance in hell. No, ice balls chance in hell. <laughs> you can throw stones in hell. They encourage it, actually. Oh, it's very right, mean because <laughs> they all have sin, so you can cast several stones. Um, do I have that right? Let's move on. Okay, Cliff Curtis. Uh, <laughs> we're not. We're getting too into the religion of it too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like every character in this was supposed to be an American man, basically. Right. So it's good. Everybody like Rose Byrne's character is. I'm just. You did it again. Uh, Rose Byrne's <laughs> character was uh, American dude. Like yeah, yeah, Cliff sure. Curtis's character Cyril was going to be American dude. Yeah. Going down the line, Cliff Curtis. Uh, the thing that I really like about Curtis's performance in this. One, he is insane from the jump. It is wonderful to watch. I, I find it very fascinating as him being the psych officer, where I don't know where I fall in this. How much is it that he is interested in the psychological impact of the sun versus he's, like, falling under its spell? He's insane, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can get into this as we go more into the plot itself. Yes. But we see him, like, I think he's the first crew member we meet and he's yep. sitting in the the viewing pod and there's a screen that you can dial up pardon me dial up or down the transparency to get more or less of the sun and mm. i gather it's a you know you need a, a view screen to like see what's going on uh, but so you, you just be so bored you need to look at something. yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to look for the if they come across the the first the icarus one or whatever right. and he's sitting there and asking the he is doing this sort of scientific curiosity at mm. thing at first where he's like, okay, it's really bright. You know, computer, how how powerful is the sun now? Like, oh, we're, we're, I'm seeing it at 2% and yeah. he still has to have like his sunglasses on. <laughs> and he's like, okay, can you do 4%? No, that would damage my retinas. Okay, go 3%. I think he's just, he is doing the scientific curiosity thing mm. and it turns into insaniosis. Yeah, you know? cranial insaniosis, yeah. space madness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sun madness. So I think, I think he just, he's just so open to like the mysteries of the universe, mm. if you want to put it that way, that he becomes insane. See, my take on it is that he ultimately, he can see the insaniosis coming down the line. And the fact that, again, getting way, this will be big spoiler talk yes. country the whole time. The fact that he leaves himself behind to roast in the sun really quick mm. is a like, oh, I'm giving, like, I, I it's so interesting. But also, I'm not going to be the pinbacker. I'm not going to be the guy who oh, survives. To he be, sees it coming. Yeah, sure. he can kind of see the end game of it. He's like, I'm good. I, I just want to have this one last experience. So he's, his ego isn't getting in the way. He's like, wow, I am not mentally strong enough to be doing this. Yeah. I have to stay behind. I yeah, think that there's a fair. respect there for the sun. The sun? <laughs> I respect the sun as my equal. He's, he's the sun respecter and he's yeah. logging on. And then logging off yeah, very quickly. A <laughs> thing that I think is so cool, and uh, this might just be what happens anytime there's a movie like this, but I love it. Each cast member was given a backstory. I talked about Maces a little bit, yeah. uh, ex-military, uh, written by Garland specifically. 
that only those characters got to see, except yeah. Cliff Curtis, because he's a oh, psych officer, got nice. to see everybody. Oh, I love that. Yes, very clever. I That's such a nice little, like, and this will inform how you approach these people. Like, you know, you're, you're the, the knower. You just, yeah. you have all of the knowledge at the outset. That, this is what the relationship would be. Yep, exactly. Nice. Nice. See, it doesn't have to be method acting in that annoying Jared Leto way. It can be this, where you're like, just tweak the relationships to each other a little bit. Yeah, and nice. that informs like the way that he approaches uh, the, the opening fight between Kappa and Mace, uh, where he's like talking to Mace about it. Like, I feel like that's a guy who knows Mace and knows yeah. how he responds to it. Like, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Cliff Curtis also very a very charismatic person to watch. Yeah, where you're like, damn, I want to see what this guy's up to. I wish he was in more stuff. I like, know. I just don't come across him that often. But whenever he is in something, he's always a just like he feels like, oh, he's having a good time. Whatever he's doing, yeah. I just want to <laughs> hang out with that guy. He does bring that energy. Yeah. Yes. Um, next up, we got Troy Garrity, who's the communications officer. Harvey. Uh, <laughs> Harvey. <laughs> the dweeb. You'll like this. Uh, Garland uh, said that Harvey was named after Harvey Weinstein. No! <laughs> Due to how often he's rude, snappy, uh, he comes to other crew members with an arrogant superiority complex, he's the direct cause of every disaster, yeah. and he is also useless in every crisis. <laughs> oh, man. For a second, I thought you were going to be like, it's the rabbit from the Jimmy Stewart movie. <laughs> wow. No, okay. this is a guy who sucks on paper. <laughs> single person that enjoyed Harvey Weinstein's company nope. ever. Nope. Oh my god. Oh, that's great. So we're just we're Wonderful. taking our digs where we can. Yep. And this guy we blasted into the cold darkness of space. <laughs> yeah, he gets actually no, all of the deaths are extremely brutal, but yeah. he gets a he gets a death that like I don't know, really freaks me out psychologically. Mm. Um the first time I learned about the concept of death was <laughs> Oh we're going into it was that i learned the sun would blow up eventually right and what that would do to the earth and i was like but what happens if i'm living here when that happens and i'm like oh you die like oh just gonna go sit in my room for a week and process this just i am five years old stare at the wall <laughs> huh the best anyway, the, the best so way faith deaths no good for me no the, good the best way that can be couched too is like oh don't worry you'll be long dead by then <laughs> There's no winning in that conversation with what? a child. What? <laughs> when? But what about mommy? <laughs> oh, don't worry. They'll die first. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, not great. Yeah. And Harvey. Then, yeah. Harvey. Who's not in it too much, but whenever he's in there, you're just like, ah, oh, that's dweeb. Harvey. I don't think... I can't picture someone giving him the second in command, other than he's kind of a bootlicker. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I remember realizing on this watch, like, oh, he's the direct cause of every misfortune that happens. Because he's the one that gets the di- that distress signal, and he's like, here's what the distress signal is. I've Like, he's, he's, well, that's, he's the he was just doing problem. his job there, though. Mm. He does pitch it to the crew, like, we could yeah. go and, right. Yeah, okay. Yep. I just want to. I want to blame Weinstein for more things. Let me. <laughs> let me have this. It's flim. It's flimsy, but I'll give it to you. It's fine. <laughs> Moving right along, we have our. What would be more like the supporting cast? They're in it that much. We got Benedict Wong. Um, he talks a lot about how Boyle made them do uh, 
what I think is pretty standard when you talk about method acting stuff of like he made them live together in an apartment complex where mm. they didn't get to see the outside world for a long time. They had to like cook and clean all the stuff together. Oh God! And Benedict Wong talked a lot about the cooking, so I think that's why his Aww. first scene he's cooking in it. <laughs> that's really cute. That's really cute. What is his job? He's the mathematician, right? He yeah. He does their calculating. Yeah, so he's like calculating flight paths okay. and all that. So I think he's. So he's all, possibly like, they're like not their software engineer, but they're like. More that, like, it would be, like, soft support of, like, inputting numbers, testing out flight paths, testing out, like, he would probably work with Kappa toward the end to be, like, okay, checking the path of the bomb. Right, 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 of course. Yeah. Um, It's a testament to how much I like the characters that I don't really question these things as we're watching. We're like, oh, Mace is probably, he's the computer guy or something. And Benedict (laughs) Wong is doing all the number stuff where, like... They clearly have defined roles, but we yeah. don't need to worry about it that much. They don't really do the thing. It, there's You need a little bit of it in any sci- sci-fi movie, I think, but like they don't do the thing of explaining in extremely simple terms what they're going to do or yeah. why someone should do it as opposed to another person. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've got Hiroyuki Sanada as a Kaneda, uh, um, who was uh, the first pickup after Michelle, Michelle Yeoh was like, why don't you make it more international uh, diverse? Yeah. Uh, and Sonata was recommended to boil by one car way, which makes sense because <laughs> this is about sad, hot people. So there you go. <laughs> the specialty of one car way. Yeah. Yep. And I love that. Boyle saying, uh, quote, when I met him, I felt he had that kind of natural authority that makes people respect him automatically. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I've that's... seen a couple of Sonata movies and every time you're just like, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not arguing with that. Yeah. He's the Michelle Yeoh of uh, Japanese movies. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I don't know what the segment is here, but yeah. Uh, and then we have Mark Strong as Pinbacker, who we'll talk about some more, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, with music by John Murphy and Underworld. So I think this is neat. Danny Boyle sent a rough cut of the film to the pop group Underworld, the UK pop group, uh, and they improvised an electronic soundtrack to accompany it. They nice. then forwarded that soundtrack to John Murphy, who's an orchestral composer, who incorporated it into the music that he composed for the oh. orchestra score, um, which kind of like built this nice soundscape you got going on. Very cool. Um, the film's like main melody, which is just an adagio in D minor, uh, has become a regular accompaniment to theatrical trailers and advertisements. So it's oh, I wondered why it was familiar to it's me. It's very familiar because like. The X-Men movies have it in their trailers. Really? Uh, the Walking Dead. Fringe. Um, like, yeah, all, all of these movies just, like, employ it as trailer movie music for, like, okay. 2010 to 2020. Like, it's just a huge chunk of time. It's it so was specific. the most profitable part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Licensing is there. Yeah, I'll bet those licensing fees go a long way. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's uh, really cool. I like it. I, yeah, I it do is, like the soundtrack. The soundtrack is, like, I... This feels like a bit like a slam but i don't think about the soundtrack at all throughout this movie it is just linked to what's happening yeah it just feels very natural that it would be happening that way instead of like oh needle drop you know yeah (laughs) Yeah. the only time i I feel like it's big is when we got like sonata uh in space his last moments like there's a lot of oh yes and and uh kappa uh jumping out of the station at the end like that those, those big moments big beats yeah fair uh, and before talking about the plot specifically, one story element that didn't survive into the shooting script, which I think is interesting to think about the backbone of this thing, um, was that the Icarus 1 launched without a psych officer. 
So <laughs> the, oh. they were guessing, like the scientists are guessing at the reason for the failure. And one of the things they think is like, oh, maybe it was a psychological issue. Let's put a psych officer on this on this version of it. And they were right. And they were super right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> just kind of in the background. So this movie is so, it's just like a series of set pieces, which I love it when a movie is like that. When it doesn't, like, draw your attention to, like, okay, set piece start, set piece end. But it's yes. basically set piece one is space problems. You got the, like, <laughs> fixing the... the uh... It's basically inside or outside, right? Those are the two <laughs> settings that you yeah, can have. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, first one is outside, outside of the, the, the sun shield, fixing that up. Yeah. And uh, frying up their oxygen and all that. Then you got their time spent on Icarus 1, and then... Pinbacker time. Pinbacker o'clock. Yeah. Yes. So, like, this movie is famously divisive for how... I didn't realize, yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, it worked great for me, and I know it worked great for you, right? That's, yes. Yeah. Oh, I love it, yeah. I understand why people are like, the third act doesn't make any fucking sense, sir. That's my impression of you, if that's what you say about it. Fucking taking our audience down. <laughs> that's what you want to do, is just really make fun of your listeners. <laughs> no, I, I really like the third act for the reasons that other people dislike it. I, mm. I realize what they are, and for me, that works great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speak on that. <laughs> I love... I mean, the, the idea of this, like, you know, the spaceship unforeseen problems right. it's always very interesting to me i think you can make a perfectly serviceable to great movie out of that um, and that's kind of like she said already the the missing variable that you're not expecting is the problem of every problem in this movie yes yeah. exactly it is literally we are doing our damnedest but we are in fucking outer space <laughs> and we're only human <laughs> yeah and we are literally meat sex so we're trying but you can't think of everything mm -hmm. and the very human adaptability flexibility thing is what saves them in every single instance and the idea that you could either i mean this this to me is the movie you could mm. either keep going even if it sucks ass or you could become the pinbacker mm. and just be like nope the hell i'm in right now is comfortable and familiar and so i will stay there yeah you know and I mean, I think I have it figured out. I'm not willing to be curious about anything beyond that, you know. Oh, and, that's the, and that's that's what kind of does him in. I hadn't thought of it that way. I was thinking of it as, I mean, this is just recent experience informing my read of the movie. But like throughout all of our exciting pandemic times, where okay, you're locked in one place with very few people, you will form so many parasocial relationships <laughs> as you as you're like. You're seeking for ways to connect with stuff outside of your orbit. Yeah. Uh, and he just... Uh, Connected too hard with the sun. Yeah, he formed a parasocial <laughs> relationship with the sun. The sun is putting out podcasts, and it's just glomming onto the... Oh, God. <laughs> no, but That's like, so true, though. It is. like It is, and I think this is the... like it's, it's a commentary on just being a human person, which is like, I need to anthropomorphize everything. Yeah. I need to feel like I'm not alone. And that is so interesting that they were like, put a psych officer, maybe, because just <laughs> outer space is not the... Literally not the environment we evolved in. We yeah. are not suit you ever notice that the little the sun suits that mm. they use to walk outside they look they make them look like little tardigrades yeah they do they're so cute um <laughs> they're little bumbly guys yeah I like little boop, 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 boop. and i think it, it's you know the third act is just putting out there like you're not supposed to be here yeah. it's crazy that you're here well fucking done <laughs> but this is not your place 
and the, the yeah. human, you know, spirit is that we're like, fuck you, it's my place. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna make this place my own. <laughs> yeah. My best friend's the sun, and uh, my skin is crispy, and it's supposed to be that way. <laughs> and my hands are only skin gloves. <laughs> Blah. The fucking... God damn, when Pinbacker gets introduced, he is crinkling every time he... It's yeah, just the you sound can design. hear Blah. the barbecue skin. Anyway, that's why I like the third act, is mm. because it's this very, like... You are not supposed to be here. You can go one of two ways about it. Either you go insane and your best friend's the sun, or you can, like, you know, I don't know. Pinbacker's just on his own, right? Yeah. He made the decision for the whole crew that they were going to, or whatever. That's that's implied, implied to me, anyway. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, whereas Icarus 2 are their own... I don't know. He asks Killian Murphy, are you an angel? When he comes into the... Which and then we, all we joke do. about, yeah. yes. <laughs> Obviously he is, but... But... He's he's considers himself the last man on Earth, or the mm. last man in the universe, and, and I think the... Not to get too soppy about it, but the crew are... They're, they're all their own angels. You know what I mean? They're mm. all... They're they all each save other. each other, yeah. yeah. And that's and I think that's why you might end up an atheist at the end of this is because it is very like heaven is other people. It's yeah. not some place that you can get to if you graduate enough levels or, or you last the longest or whatever. And you know, you, like as an extension of that Kappa and Mace's relationship of mm. like they fucking hate each other. Oh yeah, but they come to blows many times. But they they like it's unspoken obviously in a crisis. They trust each other, other so people. much. Yeah, and, like, yeah. there is not a single question about it. It's just, yeah. even Mace saying to him, like, I don't know how you're going to uh, yeah. detonate the bomb. You I don't just know how have you to do it. it. You do and Cap is like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, that's just such a, uh, I love their little connection in there. It's so great. To me, like, maybe Chris Evans is actually the star of the movie. It's hard to. It's close. It's, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Chris Evans is there to do all the, like, dialogue acting and <laughs> yes. Killian Murphy is there to look sadly at the camera and yeah. And we love him for it. We yes. do love yeah. him for it. Yeah. He's being rewarded day in and day out of it, right? <laughs> Lauded yes. for it. Um, so that's that's why I like the the turn the third act takes. I know it has an element of like, why is this a slasher movie all of a sudden? Yeah, I, I think it's it's just an element of like I think all it's there to do is just emphasize how much of a meat sack human beings are. Yeah. You're so fragile. Well, you have no defenses. You to have to rely on others. About, yeah, to your point about that, the I would bet, so you, Pinbacker has been alone, they say, for seven and a half years. That is so Six and a half years. fucking long. So, like, yeah, he hasn't had other people. Mm -hmm. Therefore, space madness. Yes, <laughs> obviously. Like, even if... The sun wasn't maybe magic, question mark. <laughs> I think that's how I would end up if yeah. I spent six and a half years in space. Like, I've gotten dizzy from getting too much vitamin D <laughs> from being outside for ten minutes too long. When you lose the game of be in the shade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is... It really, like, the... the People that don't like that third act, I think it, is, it feels like a shift from what's happened before. And but I don't is, think that's incorrect. I, but I, I kind of do think it's incorrect because the reading of, oh, the thematic stuff of you have to connect with others and work together, like first act of space problems. They're all working together. Sonata makes a heroic sacrifice to like... Kanata. Oh, yeah. Kanata. Real name, Sonata. Real name, yeah. <laughs> uh, makes a heroic sacrifice to save the crew. Like, there are all these really human moments. They go into the Icarus one and it's a real immediate, you should not be here kind of thing. Yep. And they split up and they talk about how that's a bad idea. Um, and splitting up is what allows Pinbacker to get on board. Yeah. Like, it all flows from, you need to 
actually connect with other people. And I mean, like, there's no romance in this movie. Interestingly, <laughs> Garland wrote a bunch in, and, and every time they tried it, like, no, this sucks, cut it out. Really? Yeah, but so, like, there's the implied Cassie and Kappa, if not actively hot for each other, they at least, like, sympathize enough with each other to hang out I think, yeah, at least they're the, the most friends. Yeah. Yeah. And that that was to be what the, the romance would have been. Sure. But, like, she's who saves him at the end so that he can set off the bomb. Like, it's it's all... It all flows really one-to-one-ish in my mind. It's not even a, like... And you can interpret. It's just literally... That's the, fair. I think the thematically, all the same, the, all the way through where you introduce this person suddenly who is, like... It's, it's really weird. It's, like, if you're not connecting with other people and seeing them as, like your equals, you might as well not be human because he's kind of not. No, he's not. You know? I know. Okay, so going to the the technical side because he looks, I love the effect of this. Yes, here's my, do you want to hear my theory on it? He has absorbed so much fucking radiation (laughs) that he is, that's what you see when you look at him. Actually, he's got heat waves coming off of him, but for six years worth of staring directly at the sun. Yeah, I agree That's what I think, yeah. Wholeheartedly, I agree. There's also... A buzzing that you like, yeah. that you hear when, and I think that's like. Well, you know, you know, if you if you wake up in the middle of the night and you have to pee or something, and you go to turn on the light, and it's so bright, and you shut your eyes, but your eyes are somehow buzzing, and you can hear that buzzing. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. The yeah. the way that they shoot him. Yeah, I yeah. think it's very cool. How did they do this? So the way that they, do, I almost understand this. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> so to set up the idea, the whole, like, shooting this movie generally. Yeah. Uh, oh, damn it. I didn't write down the cinematographer. Uh, it's Klaus something or other. It sure is. Um, I'll look it up. Oh, I hope it's not. I hope it is Klaus something now that you're looking it up. Uh, <laughs> I'll cut this. No, I won't. Thank you so much. It's not Klaus. God damn it. Alwyn Kuchler. Kuchler. I had a K name in my brain. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh on like the challenge of photographing this movie so like there's there's really basic stuff like there the color red does not exist anywhere in the color spectrum of this movie except for the sun oh damn so that is just a great way to like classic movie tricks like the the blood of it and then when it comes around you're like jesus christ (laughs) fucking hell um from from kukler Quote, if you were to take just a teaspoon of the material that makes up the sun and place it on top of St. Paul's Cathedral, the whole of England would be vaporized. Uh, Imagine uh, that scale and how you transfer that to celluloid. (laughs) Just like, oh, you're too galaxy-brained about this. You are, yeah. (laughs) Just imagining, well, for an Irish production, maybe imagining vaporizing England is uh, very (laughs) on-brand, but... Okay. Stop vaporizing England in your mind. we got a movie to shoot. Hey, Danny. (laughs) What Uh, is the sun made of? It's liquid hydrogen, I think. Is that right? Huh. I know that the core is hydrogen. Or is okay. that right? Goddamn. Uh, Who knows? I'm sorry. Anyway. Sun scientists or worshippers, uh, reach out. <laughs> let us know. Do you have sun madness? Get at us. <laughs> Get at us. Huh. Um, so for Pinbacker, what they did was... So I'm trying to picture this. They uh, took two semi-transparent mirrors placed at 45 degree angles to what the like the main camera is capturing. Okay. So they would shoot Mark Strong from these two cameras that are looking at these mirrors. Okay. Each of those cameras has different lenses. Okay. So like a wide lens and a skinny lens. So and then they would overlay that so that this this really weird blurry effect where you're capturing the same information just yeah. in different aspect ratios. Right, different like perspective. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, then that's it. That's oh. Though, and, and also makeup and lens flare. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and as, as often as possible, they did like natural lens flare stuff. So just through lighting, not through VFX. So sure. 
which I would guess is a budgetary thing. But uh, it really seems like all you got to do is just again, I don't know camera stuff, but just make it so that you're capturing way too much light. It's just yeah. blowing out your image. Like, yeah, just like opening the apertures all the way. Yes, question mark. <laughs> question yeah, mark. <laughs> that's what I do and ruin the cameras immediately. But the, the thing to take away is that these semi-transparent mirrors that are so the the way that you can kind of like see through yeah. Pinbacker a little bit. That's the transparency of the mirror coming to play, where oh. you're kind of seeing what's behind him as well as him. So it's like semi-opaque glass almost. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. probably better. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just, it just... really feels like it's the the whole way of shooting him. Like he's he's blurry and vibrating. Yeah. And... There's too much energy. It can't be yeah, contained yeah, yeah, within yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. It does it's feel like skin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's like the experience of looking at something that's way too bright. Yeah. And that's okay. Interesting. So you never really are looking at Pinbacker in that sense. He's, Not really. There's nothing to look at. There's one shot right toward the very end when, like, they're basically at the sun and gravity's fucking oh, up. Oh, yeah. From that Kappa sees him way in the distance that doesn't have that right. effect. And he just looks like a He's char. just a silhouette. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. And that's after the degloving. Oh. <laughs> One of the most viscerally upsetting One gore. One of the more upsetting deaths in a movie full of Not a very upsetting. He's very alive. Well, so. no, <laughs> he's dripping at that point. That. I think he needs the sun constantly on him. Harden his carapace. Yeah. Oh, blah. <laughs> disgusting. Anyway. Quite disgusting. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. So you had a lot of thoughts on the godness of it all. Mm. Um, I want to talk about the science-ness of it all. Yeah. A bit. Um, so Garland wrote this as, like like I said, he wants to get into the science of stuff and how it affects people. So it's a love yeah. letter to like psychologically-minded sci-fi. Sure. Uh, but he also wanted to have it be a film about the idea of atheism and meeting God. So, like, classic combo. <laughs> You know, when you have a very grounded meeting God movie. <laughs> but Boyle just wanted to make a sci-fi movie, so he oh, okay. tried to downplay all the God stuff as much as possible. So you have this weird tension. I don't think I... it worked. Oh, it did not work. <laughs> but it has this, like, it makes it feel, in my mind, like, Pinbacker is all the God stuff, everybody else is the science stuff, and they're right. just, like, coming into collision with each other and being like, what is happening with yeah. this guy? <laughs> How are we supposed to, maybe that's what people are, like, cranky about with the third act, where Pinbacker is the God stuff, and all of a sudden mm. the science stuff, like, barely matters, or, like, you can't fix the science problems without dealing with the God problems first, or, like, yeah. they can't coexist. I can, I can see that. I could, yeah, the, but I like that tension about it, where... Oh, it's like, great, to me, that is the movie, yeah. Pinbacker talks like he's talking to somebody that knows all this stuff already, and he's just, like, bringing Kinda. up, like, and I, so I wanted to be the last guy with God, you know what that's like. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, um, <laughs> I just got here. <laughs> yeah, he's very, like, Sephiroth about how he talks yes he is yeah very much well if you suddenly went to whatever your idea of heaven is you'd assume everyone else there knows the deal too right yeah you'd be like isn't this great guys and then they're being weird about it and they're like no die (laughs) get dead already (laughs) i'm hanging out with my best friend the sun don't you speak to my me or my large son ever again (laughs) (laughs) yes uh, so Killian Murphy, like I said, went to, um, CERN to, mm. to hang with scientists, but he specifically worked with one physicist, Brian Cox, 
not that. Oh, Brian I know. Cox. No, I I know who you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Doctor oh, Doctor Brian Cox. I didn't know about him before. Professor, either, so I you might know a little bit more than me about him. He was but. on a delightful episode of Off Menu, the podcast. Oh, very good. Yeah. And uh, he's just a famous scientist. I feel like people describe him, uh, problematic stuff aside, as the Neil deGrasse Tyson of the UK. Sure. Okay. As the like, he's the science communicator who's hip and cool. You're right. Yeah. He even looks like Killian. You can Murphy. say Bill Nye. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Speaking of learning about science in your elementary classroom. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the, he looks a lot like Killian Murphy. Really? It's very funny. Oh, that's cute. Just very different haircuts, but otherwise the same like gaunt skeletal sadness. <laughs> you can see their skulls. Yeah. Um, so the papers that are pinned all over Kappa's rooms, they're Brian Cox's like actual scientific oh. notes about the movie and just general stuff. They just like pinned it all around because he was on set all the time as a scientific consultant. Dope. That's okay. very cool. So, a lot of, like, Cox fielded a lot of the, like, the science and this doesn't make any sense, blah, blah, blah. He's like, actually, we thought about this and this and this, but we didn't want to get into the weeds of it in the movie. Yeah. So, we know the sun's going to explode, but we know the sun's going to explode in, like, five billion years. Yeah. So, why is it happening 50 years from now, you might be asking. I am now. Uh, so, quote from Brian Cox. One theory is that there are particles called cue balls. That's letter Q hyphen balls, mm-hmm. which would have been created in the Big Bang and would be drifting around. If they've drifted into the heart of a star, and if they were more stable than the matter the star is made of, then they could start eating the star from the inside out. Now, right. he, he goes on to say, like, don't get existentially freaked out about this. The makeup of the cue ball is a theoretical particle, and right. the makeup of stars basically can't affect our sun, given our understanding of it right now. It's a, like... It would only affect, okay. like, I think, certain type of dwarf stars that are more dense. Okay. So, it, yeah, it can't actually happen, but this is the theoretical kind of thing. Sure. So the reason that the sun is dying prematurely is that it's getting eaten away at. Right. So the nuke that they have is to blow up the cue ball particle, which oh. will then reignite the sun. So got it's it, not restarting it. the sun or anything like that. It's killing a cue ball. It's, it's the vaccine of <laughs> the sun. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, great. We developed a cure for the common cold for our best friend, the sun. <laughs> and you nuke it from orbit. <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah. Uh, another quote from Cox. Sunshine is not a documentary. It's oh. trying to just, in an hour and 40 minutes, get across the feeling of what it's like not only to be a scientist, because obviously there's much more to it than that, so, but that's the, the core idea, what it is to be a scientist. Sure. So I found it interesting to watch the kind of people that get upset because the gravity is wrong. If you look at it as a film that tries to get under the skin of scientists, then you'll really enjoy it. Sure. Okay. I think is like, that's what we get out of it because it's the scientist trying to exist with their theory versus God stuff. Yeah. This is not, we don't have to cinema sins everything. (laughs) No, we do not. does not. I mean, if you're going to apply it, what do you want from theory alone is an extremely... This this is the movie. Or I think Killian Murphy even says that halfway through. He's like, I, I actually can't give you an answer. I can give you a guess, but it's not based on anything because we don't know anything. We don't know enough about yeah. the sun. Oppenheimer in theaters now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to keep going on about it, but <laughs> what do you want? Killian Murphy in a bomb. In a, That's all I want. In a movie. That's you all said. I want. Those are the two things. Yeah. I, okay, I like that. Yeah, it is yeah. just like you've you've taken on you know voluntarily. You are this person who wants to know more about the universe, and apparently that can lead you into a very dangerous place where it's like, wow, nothing means anything, and everybody's coming to you for the answers that you don't have. Yeah, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. You can only really informedly guess at. Yes. Yeah. 
Thank you, Professor Brian Cox. Thank you, Brian Cox. Uh, Boyle also consulted NASA just on mainly on the production aspects of it. So, like, hmm. they consulted uh, NASA on the space station setup. On, uh, the, on like, the design? The or? design, the props, sure, sure, the sure. costuming. Nice. Um, every aspect of what you're physically seeing, NASA had, like, a hand in for the most part. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Did they come up with the scooters? I love the scooters. I think they did. I think so, yeah. <laughs> it's such a, like, it's this very a finger pushing this bomb forward towards the sun, and it has to be so narrow to hide behind the bomb and yeah. not get blasted away by the, like, radiation of the sun. So this thing is so long. So if there's a crisis, you'll find Killian Murphically. <laughs> Killian? Murphically. Murphically. He's Murphically making his way down the hall. He's imperfect. <laughs> we both know this. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Killian Murphy panicking but riding a scooter yeah <laughs> it's just very funny just like riding a scooter and f- like freaking out sweating as fast as he can down this very long thin hallway you know, in the back of his mind he's going Wee! <laughs> i would be <laughs> we ah, we're gonna die Wee! and when you think yes. about the fact that if he's moving in the direction the space station's going he's going like several going millions so of miles fast. Yeah. <laughs> how many uh, miles per second is killian murphy going <laughs> New SAT questions. Yeah, this is an algebra podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, two things that I really liked about the NASA consultants talking about this movie. Uh, when asked about the voting scene where they're voting whether or not to kill mm. Trey. Yeah, to conserve oxygen. Yes, all the NASA scientists are like, yeah, you kill him in a second. The, oh, God, the guy you guys. Who, the guy who is being asked whether or not he should die would be like, yeah, just kill me. Like... That's what I the mean, mission I is. Yes, yeah. So I know. It, it does make me feel like everyone's yeah, they're all on the same page. Like they asked NASA about that scene and like, yeah, everyone's voting to kill him. Who is saying no? Like, <laughs> oh the one non scientist yeah. is who. Oh, yeah. I see. I found that very interesting. I I that scene is you know, I feel like you could make a lot out of the scene and not have it mean very much, but mm. what is it? Mace is like, you know, there's four of us left and Trey. Mm-hmm. He has, he's a suicide risk and we, we just sedate him for 23 hours a day. He's like not being alive. Yeah. I don't think he's going to survive anyway. We should kill him, conserve the oxygen. It's the only way the mission succeeds. It has to be unanimous. Yeah. And then the second there's a no vote, he's like, okay, well, sorry you feel that way, but we're doing <laughs> yeah. it anyway. It's very like, I was just I trying to include tried, you. <laughs> yeah. But she says like, if you're saying you need my vote, I'm saying you can't have it. Mm-hmm. And I think she knows like it was never going to be. No, she was never going to be like the thing that stopped them. And I love it for a little preview of like, here's why he wouldn't make a good captain. Mm, yeah. Of like he know he knows the stakes, he knows how things have to work, but he doesn't know how to talk to people. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have the people skills yeah. necessarily. Or yeah. Sonata, you will follow like follow I love that you keep hell. calling him his name when it's Kaneda. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the actor. I'm oh, great, 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 good, good. <laughs> In that you are definitely right. Yes. Yeah. The one last thing that I really like about this, one thing that NASA told Boyle is that it was in a way, uh, the casting wasn't very good because almost everybody was over 30. And you, NASA said, you never send anybody over 30 into a space mission. <laughs> Why? Because they will just get too sick. Uh, uh, with what? Just just sick. They'd, sick, capital S? They, they might take a little bit too much radiation. They might uh, have, like, gravity working on your bones. Like, microgravity mm. is going to fuck with you a lot more. You are going to be less able to bounce back from stuff. They're like, yeah, you don't send anybody into a long space mission who is over 30, period. So NASA is really justifying my inability to do anything once I turn 30. (laughs) Well, NASA has told us uh, we're we're done. It's over. It's not your fault. You you can go on. (laughs) 
blam. <laughs> NASA's going to oh, no. take us out back. <laughs> I don't, what would you vote? I mean, it's true. It, in a way, it makes sense that they're doing the vote not in his presence. Because I think if, yeah. he, if he was there, they're all voting, no, of course not. We'll save you. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's interesting that like, the person who brings up this idea in the first place of killing somebody way earlier in the movie, yeah. Michelle Yeoh, the yeah. maternalistic one, being like, "We have to kill three people." Yeah, just like, well, yikes! Have you, you know, if you've taken care of plants, you know sometimes like you gotta this, call. You gotta call. Yeah, you have to trim. You have to prune mm-hmm. for the like plant health as a whole. Yep. Sometimes you gotta rip out part of the plant. I don't take care of plants very well. I don't think you rip them out, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you just rip them up. Yeah. Just like, tear that shit out with your bare hands. Yeah, pick, yeah. Pretend it's a phone book and pretend you're super strong. And you go, rah. <laughs> I love that you could have picked anything else but a phone book. Famously hard to rip in half. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes. I'd probably be the Cassie. I'd be the like, but it's you should just I be know. nice to everyone all the time. <laughs> I'd be the Killian Murphy and I'd vote yes, but I'd, f- I'd just feel bad about it for the rest of my life. Yeah, and you can tell that of like... People are asking him, or it comes to him, like, what's your vote? And he's like, of course it's yes. Like, leave me alone. Like, yeah, he's, fuck you for making me say it out loud. It's the most abrasive I feel like he's ever in this. Well, I'm sorry to bring it up again, but he's the theory guy. He was never supposed to, like, get his hands dirty with, like, crew stuff. He's there to deliver the bomb and be in charge of the bomb, and that's it. Yeah. I think he really resents suddenly having to, like, engage on a personal level. Yeah. 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 Bummer. So yeah, I I think that that's right for you. I could see you, you're you're going for the greater greatest good possible, but yeah, I mean it is why happen. you're in the spaceship. Yep. I get I get it, but yep. sulk, <laughs> incredible sulk. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. that's all I have for sunshine. Well, we'll get into our takeaways and all that. But did you have anything else you wanted to touch on before we move to? Toward our final thoughts on this movie. Tard, I applaud you for not doing an Irish accent throughout this this episode. I feel I like uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's always right there. I I think this might be my favorite depiction of like God or the concept mm. of God in movies. Do you have a favorite or something that really sticks out as like a human encountering the idea of God? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind, like, here's here's some Nick backstory, written by Alex Garland, but not told to the rest of the cast. Uh-oh, oh god! <laughs> uh, like, I, I grew up in that dang Christian church and all that stuff. True, true. Um, I grew up, though, literally, like, your folks worked, worked for there, the... Yeah, yeah so, like, I, I... They were, like, staff, and so... <laughs> so I just spent... Literally all of my time as a child. You were just there, yeah. So, and I'm uh, at my core the most contrarian and stubborn person that I think you know. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I tend to resist a lot of these depictions. So, this should shouldn't come as that much of a surprise as the idea of like a uh, one entity being God type of thing. I scoff at in almost every uh, iteration of media and sure. sometimes that's the point of it which works great and that's sure. kind of almost the point of it here of like look at how nuts this guy is yeah. but the thing that feels the most like achieving godhood that becomes like oh this person becomes almost unknowable is the very end of a touch of zen the king who movie. oh shoot uh, yeah go listen to our episode on a touch of zen um but it's this, the buddhist idea of moving past the earthly realm and just like transforming into something enlightened yeah. and it has this like 
like I but by no means do I know much about Buddhism. I know your 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 real basic stuff. World is suffering. All the things we know deep down. <laughs> the um, world is a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is a vampire. It really is. I'm just saying. Um, but there's all this great imagery that like it almost logically tracks, but it's also kind of unknowable and like just presented in this visually kind of interesting way. Yes, That at the end you're like, oh, I was seeing someone achieve enlightenment. Yeah, and Um, it's one of the better, like, if how could you possibly put that on film? But if you had to, this is the way you'd do it. This makes sense. Yeah. This is the experience of it. That's what comes immediately to mind. But interestingly, to to your point here of, like, anthropomorphizing God, all those um, enlightenment shots of, of our Buddhist monk at the end are really heavy on the sun. Like, they're very about silhouetting oh, him yeah. and having him stand with the sun and all that. Yeah. yeah, very lens flary and, yeah. Yeah, like you can't look at the brilliance of it. Yeah, yeah. radiation coming off of <laughs> The radiation coming off God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God is very sick. <laughs> nice. I, I forgot about that. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. I like this one for a lot of the same reasons as you like that one, where it's mm. just like... Pinbacker might be right. Oh man, we kind of don't know, and there's no way to know. You that... are a literal tardigrade <laughs> inside in a computer. Suit. Like, how the fuck are you supposed to know? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, it's it's. There's actually no way to know, and I I yeah totally get coming out of this movie being like I can't. There's simply no way for me to make a decision one way or the other. Fuck it, I'm an atheist. Like, it doesn't <laughs> matter. So there might as well not be a god. You it's know what all I mean? The, like the the concept of like be, having to face that question of like maybe pinbacker's right and like having to like act and be with that the entire time this is shooting you have to come out being like i choose that there is no god because i cannot take this being a possibility (laughs) yes i don't want to go insane for the rest of my life yeah i mean functionally there there could or could not be a god it it, i don't think it's something that you could perceive either way so Mm. like ever so so why not yeah you know this is I like contrarian me over here. I had not, there's no part of me that thought for a second, oh, Pinbecker could be right. I'm right. like purely insane from the get go. But like entertaining that notion is very interesting. <laughs> just being like, oh, fuck, what oh, if, uh, what if they did wrong? What if it was just supposed to be Pinbecker what and the sun? What if they just sun? dethroned and killed God? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like JRPG ass. Uh... Speaking of Sephiroth, <laughs> yeah, well... Sephiroth ass like motive over here. <laughs> With the crinkly skin. Oh, so crinkly. Yep. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask, just because there is yeah. this, like, disgusting, gory element of this movie in this very, like, lofty, what is God? Rank the kills. Ooh. Well, the most underwhelming, definitely, like, bottom of the list is Michelle Yeoh just gets stabbed I in the back. Know. Like That, that sucks That ass. sucks. Yeah. Um, she has the gentlest death, oh, I guess. Oh, that's true. Oh, and one thing that I also really like, when Mace is going to get the scalpel with which to kill Trey. Which does not seem like a gentle death, but all right. Was he just going to sedate and bleed him out? I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's all they have, though. I think that's like... I mean, that seems unsafe to be carrying other stuff, yeah. But scalpels are so precise that you're not going to feel the cut, I think, is is Uh, the idea of it. Okay. Uh, Anyway, when he pulls open the drawer, there's two scalpels missing. Yes. And I love that... Two missing. I remembered there being one missing. And then later you see that Trey has killed himself. And I do think that Trey did kill himself. I do think so, too. There is a point, like, you can have a discussion around, did Pinbacker do it? I don't think Pinbacker is elaborately... I don't think he's staging (laughs) a suicide. I don't think he's there And when the cops show up. Yeah, (laughs) the space cops. 
Yeah, no, I don't think he's trying to hide that he's there. Whispering to the sun, we got away with it. The perfect murder. <laughs> God, you're so hot. <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, double indemnity, but the sun is wearing the Barbara Stanwyck sunglasses. And wig. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, the femme yeah. fatale. Uh, <laughs> um, the unknow- unknowable entity fatale. But I remembered that was the moment that I like. I saw the two missing, and my first watch, my brain jumping to, oh, it's the crazy captain that we've seen in the videos. Oh, and, really? And Trey killed oh, himself. So like, I just cut straight there. Huh. And it was. It's not one of those things of it's infuriating that people don't catch on because you're not thinking a guy who's been in deep space for seven years jumped on your spaceship. You've yeah. just been having mechanical troubles this whole time. You think yeah. it's somebody else, but. And there have been many mechanical problems, oh, yeah. so fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. What was your question? Rank the kills. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, Michelle Yeoh stabbed in the back. No good. Mm-hmm. Trey, very sad to get stabbed. Yeah. Um, Sonata goes out like a fucking hero. <laughs> yes, uh, and Crazy I'm, way to die, though. Oh, yeah. Cliff Curtis and Sonata together, they're they're kind of tied. Right. Uh, who, I same got, kind of deaths. Yes, yeah. same kind of death. Chris Evans, the son. most brutal oh, i feel like just that the is... most the most suffering yeah like uh just i don't know if you've like listeners we are canadian and we've experienced some cold shit correct the kind of like i think you're just like oh it's like so cold it's it's not even that it's that your your body stops responding to signals from your brain like the reason that his, his hands are claws at the end when yeah. he freezes to death in the coolant is because your muscles just go okay that's it and just set and you can't you can't do anything. You st- you're a prisoner in your own body yeah. when you get too cold. And Sucks. that is horrifying. And he's bleeding out at the same time. It's so rude. It's so rude. That's a thing that Garland wrote in there. Like, I don't think that the coolant could take Mace down alone. I had to write in another thing that got him, uh, that like it added up to him getting killed. I think Mace would keep going out of spite yeah. if he wasn't like impaled in the leg. You, you can see the th- scene where like, I gotta get through this so I can punch Kappa one more time or something. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. so that, that's the worst one. That's the least I would want to go. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if I, ha- if I had to go one of these ways, I'm going as Harvey did, as Troy Garrity did. Really? Yeah. Wow. Ju- just because it's interesting. <laughs> you want your last thought to be, hmm, interesting. <laughs> well, like your last thing is being like, I wow, mean, look at the enormity of space. Like it's I almost guess. so unknowable that I can't be scared of it, you know? And you'd get cold so fast. It would take 30 seconds and like yeah. you'd experience agonizing pain for what, 10 seconds? And then you're so numb that... And then you can't, yeah, yeah. none of your nerves function. It's, I suppose. It's the freezing to death of Chris Evans, but like hyper fast. Yeah, versus yeah, yeah. he dies Snap. over like 10 minutes or oh, something. Oh God, that's so brutal. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I think, did I get all of them? We got two left, right? Uh, Well, Kappa and Cassie and Pinback are all blow up in the sun. That's pretty cool. That's true. (laughs) That's pretty rad. (laughs) I mean, Kappa, inarguably the least brutal death. Like, he gets to experience, like, the... I love that shot of him, like, you know, when the, the... explosion starts time will slow down time will warp well they talk about this it's just a throwaway line early on kappa says like when we get that deep into the gravity ball of the sun it'll mess with time in a way we can't comprehend we have no concept of how that'll work and how it turns out is everything stops and allows him to sort of experience the the impending like sun coming towards him the surface of the sun but Mm. also like there's this natural phenomenon that's like unknowable beautiful terrible but then on the other side of him is humanity's kind of answer to that. They're like, mm. we can make the sun too. Look at us. Look at us. Little fucking tardigrades. Mm-hmm. We made the sun. Yeah. That's 
incredible. And yeah. that's on the other side of him. And it's all sparkly and beautiful. I, like I love the that idea show. of he, like just talking about finding God and all that. Like this is Kappa's heaven. He's just yes. locked in this moment. Yeah. Forever. Aww, question that's mark? so nice. Yeah. 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 I would love that if that was just like he just got to experience that for the rest of the way he experiences time. And that's... Something, I don't have it written down here, but I'm coming across in Brian Cox talking about this movie, is that's a scene that he and Kappa, or he and Murphy, talked about it's a all lot. happening. About um, how to, like, capture that, and Brian Cox is, like, the final version of just, like, perfect. But that's, like, exactly that thing of, like, nice. the thing I did worked, I encountered the thing that I wanted to, I get to, like, see the natural version of this yeah. and, and experience it myself. Yeah. Like, it's it's checking, like, every physicist's dream checklist <laughs> that's impossible because it's all theoretical. Yes. Yeah. I think it, it too, like, it's very obvious that it scares the shit out of him because yeah. he yeah, keeps having nightmares about falling into the sun. And, like, he's he it's no longer scary at the end. Mm. He's conquered that fear. Yeah, he's, he's like, come face is... to face with it. Yeah. Good Immersion for therapy. <laughs> Immerse yourself in the sun. <laughs> Apparently it can either work or not work at all. Yeah. There's two options. Yep. I mostly agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Chris Evans' death higher because it's so or uh, lower. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Is it like by the ones that you hate the most? At I the guess. Time? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's so lower in that yeah. sense, but also yeah, Harvey's death. I don't know, man. I think being enveloped by the sun would be better because you just like. Yeah. Would you even experience pain at that point? Like radiation so. would just present so differently than cold. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is. I do think it's, this is just a classic, like, mm, really makes you think. But the fact that two characters die of cold in this movie about yeah. burning up <laughs> yeah. is so just like, hmm. Yeah. You mm. know what's extra brutal about Chris Evans' death, too, is that he survives the cold of space for like, you know, they, they zoom yeah. across because the, the docking mechanism is broken. And that's the worst thing. Like, that has to be the worst pain he's experienced in his life. Until. And later he has to die of that. That's so mean. It's so mean. <laughs> he goes and through so much shit. The, the human spirit being, like, he is the human torch. They had to <laughs> extinguish him. Some real weird conspiracy vibes <laughs> leaking into this. Yeah, this is the Fantastic they had Four to take Chris right? Evans out. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, nice. I would love to hear your final thoughts on this, unless that kind of sums it up for you. I mean, I think like weirdly, we we not weirdly, but we we kind of talked about it all. It really is. This movie to me is heaven as other people is really mm. the thesis of it. It's like you have to make your own heaven. Yeah. Um, you can't. That it's it's incredible and majestic and wonderful that human beings can do all of this stuff. We should be in awe of that every hmm. single day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and not just like scientifically, just like you know, Mace, like hmm. absolutely suffering till the end, so that a guy he hates can get a win. You yeah. know, like just that that kind of thing. It's that's that's my thesis. I, love I think that. I said it already. Well, that's, that's funny, because I, I feel like we watched this movie, and I was like, I think we are both on the same page about how, how we feel about this movie. And like, no, not really. No? That that aspect of it never locked in for me, for the most part. Mm. And I don't know if that's just a, like my human my personal brain setup or, or what, because in my mind, this is just like a man versus nature movie. There's not not that. I think it's no. more just like, I don't know. <laughs> you go, well, you know, can we stop for God on the way home? We have God at home. And God at home like is this, just Killian Murphy. Up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's that, right? It's the the you know 
spirituality or, or whatever is the higher power is where you find it. I yeah, suppose. but it, like man versus nature to me can also be man versus human nature. That's true. That's, too. That's, yes, so I it, think that's what yeah. it is. Kind of there. You're. I, I like that you're. You have this really specific locking onto it. But for me, it's all about the like. How rare is it that you have a movie like this? Literally, the only other one that came immediately to mind was Alien. That's mm. okay here, and it's not even true of Alien, as I'm about to say it. Um, <laughs> the only example like I can think of, of isn't it. true. Is bad. Uh, rare to have a man versus nature or human nature movie where there's an ensemble cast and there isn't somebody in that ensemble working against the others. True. Everybody is working together, and it is just literally the forces of nature that you can't stop. And I mean, yeah. it gets turned into a guy with a scalpel who's I'm... got fried chicken skin at the end. But like, Crispy. that that's like the the end point of it, not not the journey that you take through it. So that dynamic that's captured for the first like hour, and I want to say like 10, 15 minutes, yeah. of there is no antagonist other than the sun. Yeah. <laughs> and like Pinbacker is then the sun's minion more than the actual antagonist. Yes. Like, yeah. It's it a lot is of... really like, what if someone wasn't human and you trusted them as human? And yeah. Then like, yeah. But at its core, the reason that, and I think this is more in line with the people that don't like the third act. To me, the real huge draw of this is that it's a lot of competent people working together, being human, and working with the next problem, the chain, rather than working at odds. It's all about... Yeah, sure. They say a few times, this isn't a democracy, but it kind of is. They, I mean, it is a more functional, uh, <laughs> like, democracy than... Than these, yeah. these clowns. These clowns in Congress. Congress! I don't even... Is that... We're Canadian. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what a clown is? <laughs> yeah, no, that's... It's, it's so satisfying. It's such a, like, none of these people are making stupid decisions because just, they know they're on the team. Yeah, human error that happens because everything is so complicated. Yeah, I mean, how could you possibly, yeah. How could you think that the comms tower that you burn up reflects the sun at a specific angle enough, enough to angle burn up your to, garden? Yeah. Like, no one should or could have ever thought of that, yeah. It does feel like the sun is working against them. Anyway. Mm-hmm. The sun is evil, is what we're trying to take uh, away from this. We should send I'm a mission the there. <laughs> to blow it up. <laughs> to blow it up, but we'll send it there at night. Oh no! no. <laughs> and now comes the time when we will uh, double bill this bad boy with something else. And I would love for you to take us away with uh, something that you'll double bill with sunshine over here. Sunshine. Okay. Well, sunshine. I really am gonna do sunshine, but at night. Um, <laughs> moonlight. No. <laughs> That's the name of a movie. You know that, right? Yes. Wouldn't it be funny if I picked Moonlight? <laughs> Celestial bodies. Eh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh no i'm going to pick uh the wario of sunshine basically <laughs> what could this be? <laughs> it's something that i'm almost positive i've double billed before oh, so okay. apologies i just do love this movie but i'm gonna pair it with another doomed spacecraft happened upon by the successor to the yep. mission you see where i'm going yep. with this they discover something incomprehensible on board and they have to work together to defeat it question mark yep. i am of course talking about Blues Brothers 2000. Oh Oh my god. (laughs) You are, of course, talking about Event Horizon. Yes. (laughs) Paul W. Sanderson's uh, follow-up to Mortal Kombat of 1997. Yeah, you love this movie. I love this movie so much. It's a gross-out movie. Good. It is such a gross-out movie, but it is really like the 
core of Sunshine is these people are all working together, and the core of Event Horizon <laughs> is they are all torturing and raping each other. It's yep. like the crew is doing this to each other. They are not... It's There's no outside force beyond, like, evil question mark. Yeah. Like, there's actually no way to grasp what this force is that is making this these people do this to each other. And, and like, it, it, there's just no way to know it, so it's yeah. almost scarier, but it's also, like, you can just choose to be like, I don't acknowledge that. And I think that's what works in Sunshine, you know, where where they get to where they're... They all die, yeah. but, like... But they're successful. Yep. Yeah, they are, you know, they have made heaven for, for other people where, like, mm. literally they bring light to the world. To like, Australia. that's the... Yeah. <laughs> I think they have enough. I don't know. Why would you start with Australia? <laughs> Give some to me. <laughs> that's fair. Sorry, Australia. You deserve it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Event Horizon is just hell as other people. Mm, you know, it yeah. really can go either way. And it's sort of a testament to, I think, Sunshine... Again, I feel like I'm being annoying about it today, but like, you can you can make the best world by seeing the good in other people and working together and trusting other people and not being like I'm the most important. <laughs> just working as a as a little team. Well, I know you're saying you're feeling no, you feel like you're I feel being like annoyed. I've just said the same thing eighty no, times. <laughs> how this is the reason this movie is special. I feel like because how many movies actually can pull that off? Without seem cor- seeming yeah. corny or, like, very contrived. Yeah, I mean, not that many. Like, this really sells it to me in a way that none other do. Yeah. But uh, I also like that pairing for a really aesthetic purpose, too, other than yes. space and all that. Yeah. Like, when I think about Sunshine, it is harsh, bright, Chrome. white, antiseptic. Yeah. 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 Whereas Event Horizon is, like, red, messy, dark. Concrete, grimy, yeah. purple. They, yeah. Like, you could compare them next to each other and be like, here's the contract. Like, the... the." I, I did mean it when I said the Wario of Sunshine. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Yes, yeah. I want to know what the Waluigi of Sunshine oh is. Oh my god, I don't even want to contemplate that. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I just love... It. Again, just like competent people making smart decisions. <laughs> so event horizon. <laughs> Where they, they find the video of what happened to the crew... And they get maybe 30 seconds into it, and fucking Lawrence Fishburne slams his hand on the stop button and is like, we're leaving. Fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is his line of dialogue, and I love it so I was, much. I couldn't remember obviously, what the line was. <laughs> obviously, that's what you say. We're leaving. Fuck this ship. Yeah. And he storms off down the corridor. <laughs> I'm like, yes, that's how you deal Duh. with this. Obviously. Yes. So uh, I'm putting those two together as like, those are the two flip sides of the coin. Really are. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we conjure Event Horizon a lot in this podcast, mm. but it is, it's, it's an experience. It's a trip, man. <laughs> it's such a trap. Um, so that's mine. Wonderful. What about yours? Well, I, just a little peek behind the curtain for how the podcast bread is made. Uh, going into this week, it's been a, you might have noticed uh, this episode is about a week later, so mm. maybe longer, yes. who can say? Uh, it's a busy time in the household, so right now, I'm, you know, we're, we're working through stuff, and we knew coming in that this might be a little bit of a unprepared, let us say, episode. <laughs> Off the cuff. Off the cuff. I don't think it came out that way at all, which is wonderful, but I still want to show my work. <laughs> so I'm here in an unprecedented Garkvidge move. 
I'm here to break up our tradition. I'm here to really cover our bases. We thought it would be a very busy week for you, so I wanted to make sure that we had our quota fulfilled. Yes. Yeah, you were gonna you were gonna feed me something through an earpiece if uh, <laughs> if I couldn't come up with anything in time. So I'm here with not one, not two, but three double bills what? for you. And I know that this is just kind of like I'm just cheating and saying three movies I like, <laughs> but uh, which kind okay. of goes against the barriers we've put on ourselves but i think that these are all great combos with this movie this is a very special movie i feel like to both of us we're both yeah. very excited about having found it thanks to popcorn bucket and yeah. all that that i really want to like here's some other movies kind of thing we have one that is trashier one that is artier and one is miscellaneous <laughs> the rest starting with the miscellaneous okay mostly because i just gotta talk about it if you liked Hiroyuki Sonata and Michelle Yeoh in this movie, check out their uh, very first movie together. Royal Warriors from 1986, one of my very favorite Hong Kong action movies. It is one of the most nuts movies I've ever seen when it comes to, like, shit you're doing to people on camera, stunt people surviving things. It's one of Michelle Yeoh's really early movies where she's proving, she is out to prove I can do this as good as, if not better than any other stunt person. Yeah. Uh, it is, yeah, she is risking her life. A competitive fucking field in, like, yes. that place at that time. And you said before, well, we said together, that Sonata is kind of the Michelle Yeoh of Japanese men. Yeah. And he kind of is. <laughs> I guess that's true. He is a huge action star in Japan in this oh, time. really? Um, and for the same thing, there's all these famous stunts of, like, he was famous for... Um, this crazy stunt on a train in some uh, Japanese movie I forgot the name of, where okay. he's literally like jumping between train cars uh, while it's going so, so fast. Okay. <laughs> it is very scary. God. Um, yeah, but there's like a chainsaw fight in it. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. But they're, they're both amazing yeah. in this movie. Go watch it. It's great. Nice. Uh, directed by David Chung. I love it. Uh, but that's just miscellaneous. The trashy thing. If you're like, Sunshine is about as lofty as I want to get. Let's uh, let's dumb it down for for some of us in the audience. Boy, have I got a dumb movie for you. (laughs) It's from 1960, and it's called Twelve to the Moon. Oh boy! Sunshine takes the uh, diverse international mission idea, and it does a great job of like having be the background, not making it be the main focus. It's just this is how it works. Yeah, this is is what international cooperation would be. Yes. Uh, so why not watch a movie that, uh, is one of the worst to ever do it in this arena? Because the entire premise of the movie is, what if we sent 12 people from different countries to the moon? That's the plot. Yeah. Uh, what if different people? <laughs> like, while it isn't a good movie, it certainly pays off that premise. <laughs> they certainly do what they set out to do. Yep. We'll give you that. So yes, they didn't build the backdrops high enough to cut out the studio. So you're seeing rafters and a lot of the moon. Uh, you're seeing the moon's rafters and shit caught in them. The boom mic is in the shots and stuff. There's a lot of cool animals hanging out in space. Uh, yeah, there's kitties. And it is legit interesting to watch a 1960s movie with a diverse cast. Sure, they're yeah. picking diverse bracket white. Yeah. <laughs> So Italian. <laughs> yeah, but there is a black man in space. And sure. I think it was one of the first to depict, like, he, he is their navigator. Like, and it's just, uh. that's his job. It's not, and he reports to blood. Like, he's an equal to everybody. Sure. He okay. doesn't get the same screen time. But he's equal rank to a lot of people. And, of course, I'm an American's in charge and all this oh, shit. But it is just, it's interesting to watch. I think that, I, it's been a really long time since I've watched it, but I think that the Japanese and Chinese crew members just speak Japanese and Chinese, I think. Oh, wow. I don't, um, I, don't, I don't remember too well. Um, 
Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, very funny to watch. <laughs> no. <laughs> it certainly has the the air of like a like a community theater type. Yes. Of, yeah. And you Production don't know any character's wise. names. You're just like the Russian no, one. No, the, yeah. That other American one. It's almost the like... The lady. Yeah, it's like, oh, you had a really good idea, but then it just is the woman one. There, there's two women. <laughs> Sorry, the women. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. But what I yes. would actually have is my legit pick. What I actually am saying, I'm building up to it. Okay. The thing that I thought of first and want to double build with this one right. is uh, our CanCon for the week. I'm saying pair this with Viking from 2022. Oh, nice. From director Stefan Lafleur. Yes. Um, so, nice. Nice, like nice. I said, ensemble stuff about just the fact that people are trying their best and working together and kind of losing it. There's no like actual antagonist beyond either the internal or the nature of their predicament. Yes, just humans shouldn't have to be making these decisions kind of thing. Yeah, Viking yeah. is a very dry comedy. Yeah, here, let me set it up for you. We hear about the heroes of, like, Sunshine and 12 to the Moon. We hear about their <laughs> crews making pioneering steps often. Uh, but what about the ground teams? What about the unsung heroes that make it all work? Uh, here's where Viking comes in. Viking is a B-team of crew chosen for their similarities to the astronauts who are actually in space. The Viking team lives in a wasteland on Earth, Alberta. <laughs> In order to parallel real astronaut problems ranging from technological lack of resource type things to psychological, I'm in the middle of nowhere and I'm trapped with these people and looking for solutions. Uh, they're try- the guinea pigs. Yeah, they're the guinea pigs to see what could work. To in be like, real space. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the astronauts encountered this problem. Let's have the guinea pig crew try these like six different things. Yeah. And then they report back and that's how it goes. Uh, it's very funny. I love it so much. So I can't wait to get, like, the, so far the only other place we've seen it pop up other than TIFF was on planes. On a plane, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. I think it might be on Crave in Canada, but, uh... Oh, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, worth worth getting it. Crave, I think, yes. Yeah, it, it's, it's so, I love it so much. It's a great movie. It's yeah. a super dry comedy as only French Canada can do it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Yes, very funny in those little moments of like, yeah, this is how people interact. This is how this would work. There's one going back to Sunshine where mm. the the ship is making a real like groaning noise yeah, groaning after we, noise. they've had a crisis, and Chris Evans sort of turns down and is like, it's just the it's just the metal cooling. It's just gonna make this noise. It's fine. The ship is designed to take this. And Michelle just goes, I know what it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> like obviously I know. And so there's that element of like. The people interacting and just getting on each other's nerves because they're stuck in a situation yeah. they sh- do not want to be in. And a perfect comedy beat that they hammer over and over in Viking that I absolutely love. I will not be able to remember the actor's name, but there's a very old man, old white man, who is standing in because of the psychological similarities to a... A woman named Liz. Liz. And it's, the crew member Liz. They just keep turning to him going, Liz, and then he's just... This really croaky old French Canadian man. It's just, oui. it's always very funny. Very funny. And they end every discussion with, I'm glad we had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. It's very funny. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Good, good stuff. So that's my, just to tie it back to uh, great movie, yeah. Killian Murphy and Bombs, that's my trinity of. Oh my God. <laughs> double bills. <laughs> Oppenheimer in theaters now. <laughs> Are they paying you? should be yeah i've seen it enough times oh, no. <laughs> He's given so much of my money yes and of course go watch oppenheimer with it I too because that's yeah. that's the thing that we're saying without saying it we didn't want to be obvious about <laughs> peel yeah. back one layer of the onion 
like the uh, flesh off of a radiated man's arm. <laughs> I don't think we got into it specifically, but the grotiest... I guess he doesn't die. No, he doesn't die. The That's Tim why I skipped it purposefully. Yeah, they grab his hand, trying not to fall off the edge of the payload, and his skin starts detaching from the muscle underneath, and they just... Chekhov's crinkly skin. Oh, God. Just, you know that that's coming off at some point. Yep. <laughs> you hear him moving around the first time. While he's doing push-ups to impress the sun. He's so funny. He's so insane. Uh, I love Mark Strong. Oh, I was a nightmare. Great. I love it. Great stuff. Uh, well... That, I think, will about do it. You have lots of homework to watch, little, little, <laughs> our little garbage pale people. Um, what do we call people in the podcast? Garbies? I don't know. We don't. Garbage people? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But we don't. We don't call them that. We do call them We that. respect you too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let us know what you'd like to be called. Sun worshippers, reach out and tell us. Uh, you can find us at Pod on Instagram. I don't know that we're on Twitter much anymore since it's collapsing it's inward like a... Much like... <laughs> As well, probably hit by a cue ball. And... Uh, oh, he's bald. So oh, Musk God. is bald. Oh, my God. <laughs> cue ball. You call somebody bald a cue ball. It was hit by, Twitter was hit by a cue ball. Oh, okay. I feel like if you have to explain the joke that much, it's fine. We'll be on Blue Sky. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're working on Blue Sky. Oh, and if you, uh, we're on Blue Sky, so if you want to get on there, we got invites to pass around. Just hit us up somewhere. You can That's find us. On Instagram. You figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> you have to work for it. The human spirit, guys. <laughs> we just spent like an hour talking about yeah, it. Yeah, be a human torch in a world of <laughs> frozen to death people. I don't oh, know. Oh, man. Uh, Inspirational. I think, I think I'm becoming sun mad. Space I think mad. you have space madness. Yes. Let's, let's go ahead and wrap And it up. a good space madness to you all. I hope you will join us next time for another pile of garbage. Very strange. I don't, um, I recommend it. <laughs>